0: And on the first half, the Queen ordered the Kings to be knighted with a playoff spot in the Prospect League. We're talking summer ball, especially the Champion City Kings, on this edition of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. This is the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen, a weekly audio podcast that covers everything sports in the Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio region. No faffing around, no unnecessary chatter, no focusing on that school in Columbus like other shows. Just good, honest local sports happening in Southwest Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and East Central Indiana. Be sure to bookmark SindayPod.com for ways to listen and podcast merchandise. Theme song by Kevin McLeod on FreePD.com. Here's your host, Lee W. Malin. You know, if I thought I could keep up this royal storyteller voice, I would. But I can't, so that's enough of that. Anyway, a new episode in only a few days from Soccer Sunday? I know, a little bit of time. It's something that I don't have this month. If I'm not at Champion City, I'm at the Dayton Dragons. If I'm not at the Dayton Dragons, I'm with Champion City. Oh, man, and fall sports don't begin until next month, which is another topic for another day. Just looking at the scoreboard, can I just say again, I love my new office. I got the calendar right in front of me. I got all my sports banners celebrating, you know, Cincinnati and Dayton sports and the Indiana Pacers, which are not in Cincinnati and Dayton, but they're in Indianapolis. But I like them, so that'll do. But let's begin. It's the first half in the Prospect League, finished up in the history books, and the Champion City Kings are heading to the playoffs, hosting the first playoff game August the 5th against whoever wins the Ohio River Valley Division in the second half. So let's tell you a little bit about Prospect League. It's a summer collegiate league where college kids get to bat with wooden bats. Now, apparently there's no rule saying you can't use wooden bats in college baseball, but um, you don't see them. So, there you go. Wooden bats, a eh, good old time at the ballpark. I like the prospect league. I like the footprint. I know the West is a lot more compact and less travel, but if you're in the East, you're kind of a <laughs> you're in for a long haul. If you go to Johnstown, West Virginia... If you have to come from the West to our side of the things. But I still like the Prospect League. I like being the. I don't like. I love being the voice of the Champion City Kings. I just wish we had a radio station that would pick up Champion City Kings games so people can listen to it on the radio. And maybe I could do some away games. But. Not bringing up that topic, because that's going to be... I thought about having a topic like that for a future episode. I just don't know if I want to swing at that hornet's nest yet. So, in the Ohio River Valley, there are four teams. There are four divisions. Two in the East, two in the West. And in the Ohio River Valley, along with the Springfield, Ohio, Kings of Champion City, you have the Chilla Coffee Paints. I remember last year, I interviewed uh, Jacob Wise for this podcast. That man doesn't get enough credit as he deserves. He helps make sure that the broadcasts are all going in the entire 16-team prospect league. He's a good guy. The West Virginia Miners, they're in southern West Virginia and Beckley, West Virginia, and you got the Johnstown, Pennsylvania Millrats in the Wildbrush River, the other division in the East. A lot of Indiana teams. By a lot, I mean two, and the Lafayette Aviators and the Terre Haute Rex. And two in Illinois, the Danville Dams, just across the border, and the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp. And then that's where you get in the Western Division. Originally, I thought East was just playing East, but that's not true. If you're in the Wabash River, you're very close to the Western teams, so you see that in the East. Not so much. So if you want to see the Kings battle two of the former Midwest League teams that battle the Dayton Dragons... You gotta hope that Burlington and or Clinton will clinch and then make it to the championship games, and then you gotta hope Champion City gets through as well. So let's talk about the first half. It's all done. The second half begins tonight. Your Champion City Kings seventeen and twelve. The Chillicothe Paints seventeen and twelve. They won ten in a row to close out the half. West Virginia fifteen and thirteen, and Johnstown seven and twenty two. The Kings being the top team in the Ohio River Valley, they needed one win out of the remaining three, and they got it last night, excuse me, two nights ago, with a 5-3 11-inning win at West Virginia. Very satisfying, especially considering that a local talent had a two-run go-ahead bomb over the fence in Trayvon Thunderberg to put the Kings ahead, and Lucas Galdoni from Hawthorne, Woods, Illinois, a Butler Bulldog, slammed the door on the Miners, only allowed one walk to the batter's he faced. One walk, ten batters, and sat down the other nine. Yeah, that is a good performance. So the Kings, 17-12, and yes, they have the same record as Coffee, but Champion City does not have a losing record against any of the teams in the Ohio River Valley. And if it did come down to a tiebreaker, the Paints were 2-3 against Champion City. One of those two wins did happen in the 10-game winning streak. So therefore, Champion City uh, would have won the tiebreaker there. Also, the Kings, they were 6-1 against the Johnstown Millrats and 4-2 and against West Virginia. 1-1 one one in the last two series, but sweeping the Miners at West Virginia early in the season. So yeah, 17 and 12 champion city kings. This is also a team that loves to hit. And we're going to cover the stats in case you're wondering who won the first half in the other divisions in the Wabash River. It was the Lafayette Indiana aviators at 19 and nine, the best record in the prospect league. But the kings went three and one against the aviators, including one home win and winning two out of three there at Lafayette. Danville finished three back, 16-12. The Rex, 12-17. The Rex were one of two teams to have a winning record against Champion City. They went 4-0 against the Kings. And Illinois Valley, well, the Kings will not be playing the Pistol Shrimp this year. They went to 10-20. Danville also had a 2-1 record, including the opening day win in Springfield, and then splitting a doubleheader at Danville. So those are the only two teams that post winning records against Champion City. And Terre Haute won four out of four. So very impressive by the wrecks. In the West, you have the normal Corn Belters. You might recognize that name from Frontier League Independent Baseball a few years back. They're now in the Prospect League, and they won the Great River Division 14-12. and 12. Ahead of Burlington's 15 and 14, just a half game back for the Bees. Quincy 13 14, and Clinton had a losing streak of 10 at one point before the Lumber Kings won again. Clinton finished 12 and 17 in the first half. In the Prairie Land division, O'Fallon and the Hoots, if you remember uh, the Frontier League again, the River City Rascals, that was where they played before folding up shop, and then the Hannibal. Missouri Hoots moved down to O'Fallon and became the O'Fallon Hoots. They won at 18-12. They beat the tiebreaker with the Cape Catfish, also with the same record. The Springfield, Illinois Sliders went 14-14, and 14, and the Alton River Dragons, in their first year of operations, went 12-17. and 17. So that's your look at the first half standings. The records reset for the second half. If you already clinched the first half, then you can't double clinch. That'd be great, but then that means I'm out of a game on August the 5th, right? So, you can finish in first place again, but you wouldn't get the second playoff spot if it would go to the next team. So, out of the three, I think if Chilla Coffee can continue this momentum, they've picked up. I mean, better hitting, better pitching, and just Ooh. They even took down the Rex 30-2 to before coming into Champion City on Sunday. I was looking at that score, and it just kept going up, it's like, what, we decide to play football now? But no, the Paints, you know, I think they're the team to beat in the second half. Uh, West Virginia, they got good quality players and Johnstown. I think they're getting a few more for the second half. And they're no slouch as well. I know things haven't bounced the Mill Rats way most of the games, but, you know, it's anyone's second half. The records reset. I mean, they do and they don't. They reset for the second half just to you know, keep appearances, and then your overall record. So it'll be interesting to see that second half, especially since Champion City will be on the road for a grand total of 10, count them, 10 games, and one of those is a doubleheader. So yeah, Champion City's home a lot in July. I'm looking at that schedule again, and uh, we got the prospect league week starts Tuesday and goes to Sunday, then an off day Monday for the league unless. You know, you need to reschedule your rain delays and that type of thing, but normally, it's an off day. You can use it as a travel day. Kings will be at home for five games next week out of six. Yeah, Kings are at home a lot, which which is great. i like I like getting a chance to broadcast. and great bunch of folks love my boss, love the manager and the coaching staff they give me all the time. For pregame interviews, I'm not sure of any ever broadcasting uh, tandem that has pregame interviews with the manager, but I think it's important to hear what, you know, they're doing, what they think and just learn more about them. You know, I mean, our coaching staff, Gavin Murphy, he was an assistant coach a few years now, has taken the reins as head coach. This is his first head coaching job. And you know what? He's running with it. He helped with general manager Ginger Fulton and assistant GM and assistant coach Mark Lucas, who is a Dayton baseball legend. He helped, you know, transform and construct this roster, which you think, you know, takes place, you know, maybe a month before the season. No, these coaches and these GMs take the entire offseason to build their teams. It's it's phenomenal work. It's tough work too, considering. Now, the competition in the Midwest, especially around Southwest Ohio, there's the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League, which we'll talk about next. There's also the Northwoods League that leaks into Kokomo, Indiana. That was a Jackrabbits team that previously started in the Prospect League, but then they moved up to the Northwoods. And maybe some kids want to go out west, out east. There's plenty out west. And in the east, probably you're... Number 1 summer league will be the Cape Cod League. This is league that are, you know, you you are probably getting in the MLB, you know, let's shape you up a little bit. Not to say you won't get in the MLB if you go in the prospect league or something, but Cape Cod League is v- well established. There's a lot of talent through there. Prospect league's not too shabby in terms of talent. And in fact, right now there's a former Terre Haute Rex, I forget his name, but he's pitching with the Evansville Otters in independent ball. So let's talk a little bit more stats because people love to hear stats as the Kings are in the playoffs for the first half. Again, the first playoff game is August the 5th, and that will conclude after the regular season, August the 4th. I'm just looking at championcitykings.com. Actually, I was. And there are two banners on the top now. The first one is talking about how veterans and active military members can get in free Sunday the 4th, you know, July 4th. That's a great movie, too. Born on the 4th of July. Born on the 5th of July. More July year than last. A dangerous human being. Sorry, family got a reference. But active military and veterans can get in free to the Kings game on Sunday against the Chilla Coffee Paints. Game time's at 4. You want to watch it. Pre-game's at 3.50 with me. And then there's Dueling Pianos on July the 10th. I've never been a part of Dueling Pianos. Not like I could actually play piano, but, you know, didn't stop me when my parents gave me a a Yamaha keyboard for Christmas one year. I love that thing. I wonder where it went. But yeah, there's a lot of fun at these games. You come for a great baseball. There's great events to entertain the families. It's very cheap, very reasonable. And in fact, your most expensive ticket is fireworks night where everything's 10 bucks because, you know, fireworks aren't cheap. You'll have a good time afterwards, too, with the fireworks show. So more on the stats. Like I said, this is a. This is a champion city Kings team that loves to hit. And actually, the averages have dropped down a little bit from previous games. Most of the season, the Kings had the best batter in the league in terms of batting average. But that's no longer true rob weishire of terra houghton the rex his dad helped out on september 11th after the terrorist attacks in new york he's hitting 449 now and has 12 home runs the league record i think is at 21 so unless he goes into a major freeze yeah he's breaking that this year Chase Carney from Cincinnati, Ohio. He was a former Anderson Redskin, now the Anderson Raptors. And he's hitting 412. Lucas Galdoni, I mentioned him on the mound. He can also hit. He's hitting 405. Former Springfield Shawnee Braves player, Ben Ross, 402. And you have Brent Witter, who's really picked it up a late. He's hitting 368. And those are all in the top 10. Okay, Witter's 11th, but close, I promise. In terms of team batting totals, I know the Kings were held to 5 hits last night, but Champion City still leads the Prospect League by a good margin, 16 points over second place Burlington. Kings are hitting 298 as a team, which has went down since the last home game from 306 to now 298, but still, you're hitting 298. That's impressive. You have West Virginia hitting 283. That's tied for second best. Uh, let's see where is Ah, uh, there's Chila Coffee. They were hitting 214 the first time we saw the paints in Springfield, but now they're hitting 266. So definitely, and Johnstown hitting 256. That's went up a bit too. Clinton's got the worst batting average at 232. They've cooled off a lot, especially on that uh, losing streak too. Pitching totals: the Kings are towards the middle of the ERA side of things. I think that's ninth. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep, that's ninth. See, I can count. I told you so. 5.64 ERA, which, yes, it's a bit up there, but you know, the Kings have got pitching when they needed it. Your highest ERA goes to Johnstown at 8.16. Your lowest is O'Fallon at 338. West Virginia's got a not too shabby 435 staff ERA. And Chilli Coffee, not too far behind. I thought, uh, that went down a bit, but it's 475. So there you go. There's good There's good ball played at Champion City. Definitely known for the bats more than anything. But I tell you, this is a quality Champion City team. You got to like the work that both the GM, assistant GM, and the head coach did. And, you know, now you ask, well, you already clinched the first half and you get a home playoff game right off the bat. So what's the second half hold if you can't double clinch? Well, it's about developing the kids. You know, they're going to go back to college after all is said and done. You know, after the season's done, they'll take what they learned and become better college ball players, maybe improve their draft stock a bit. You know, that's that's the one thing. I, I know sports are about W's and L's and, you know, taking in money. That's not different in the prospect league because you gotta make money if you wanna have a team what I'm saying is you know with these being young college adults you know they, they're they learning life experiences away from home sweet home I mean I think there's 6-7 kids from around the area I have it in my media roster that I created no ends to my talent so you got Brendan Emery from Troy Ohio Troy High School I mentioned Trayvon Thunderberg, Beaver Creek Beaver. Saw him with the Beavers and saw him with Ohio U. Chase Carney, Anderson High School in Cincinnati. One of the starting pitchers, Gage Voorhees from Northwestern High School. I think it's spelled a little different than um, Jason Voorhees, but it's said the same. I mentioned Ben Ross, Springfield Shawnee, South of town. Mitchell Oakley, an outfielder for Champion City. He went to school at Olentangy Liberty and is at Ohio State. Yes, I know. I said Ohio State. I know what that school is. And, you know, so does Wing. Garrett Peters from Northeastern High School in Springfield. And we had a pitcher, Alec Hall, from Tecumseh, which is just down the road on 40 in New Carlisle. So, yeah, we had uh, a couple local kids join the team. Uh, Most of these kids are Division I. There's a lot of West Virginia Mountaineers, a couple of Ohio State players, a few Valparaiso baseball players, some that are in NAIA, but again, NAIA is only an alternative to NCAA, so it's good college ball still. Unfortunately, in terms of NAIA baseball to talk about, uh, Wilberforce doesn't field a team, and Northwestern Ohio is kind of out of the area in Lima, so that's... You know, the only reason why we don't talk about the Racers. Not that I don't want to, but there you go. And plus, you know, with this season of packing up and everything. Have a couple community college kids that might be looking at schools down the road. Ohio University is named on here. Before you ask, no. No Dayton Flyers, no Wright State Raiders, but the league does have some. In fact, the three Raiders in the Prospect League are all out west in Quincy and... Oh, what was that second place? Burlington, I think. But not in Springfield. That's weird. But that's okay. Uh, There's Jake Silverstein. He's with the Coffee Paints. Great player. Having a heck of a summer. He's batting well. He's pitching well. Man, he's a great kid. And I think he'll get a lot of starts when college baseball season starts back up. Yes, I said starts back up. Like I'm counting down the days to February. But hey, you know, we just had the College World Series finish Mississippi State, which I never knew until it was brought to my attention that they never won a national championship in anything. It's like, wow, that's that's crazy to think until last night they beat Vanderbilt. So now those kids are most likely going to summer ball or get drafted. Draft is this month, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's probably next week and I don't know about it, but there you go like i mentioned there's a lot of you know there's a good blend there's good kids they're good competitors and they're happy to be in springfield so definitely seeing the kings clinch their first playoff spot in just the second in franchise history that that makes me smile so much and it was such a great thing to text the gm saying hey did we clinch the playoff spot with that win and find out a little bit later yes we did so Yay. And I got to put that in the game recaps. I'm doing most of them. You can read them at championcitykings.com. I also try to share them on Twitter in case you're interested. Go read them and enjoy baseball, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to finish that sentence. But second half begins tonight. Again, Champion City is at chillacoffee Coffee. It's a home and home and home and home, meaning we swap home games. I don't know what the thinking of that part was. I mean, if you're gonna have two games at Chilla Coffee, two games at Champion City, isn't that easier than going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth? I don't know. I mean, yeah, you would have went back. No, you would save, you know, gas because you would have went down there once, come back once. You know, now you're going town twice, coming back twice. Luckily, Chila Coffee's about an hour away from Springfield, so it's not terrible, but still. It's not like we have a home and home with like West Virginia or Johnstown, which whew, can't imagine that road trip. If you are interested in tickets, championcitykings.com is the place, or walk up to the gate, Carlton Davidson Stadium, the home of the Wittenberg Tigers. You know, good seats available. So come on out. And it'll be a great time. So that's your prospect League look for the first half, second half starting tonight. And then we'll talk about Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League and the local teams in the Sinday area. This is the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports podcast. Now hear about T public and Red Bubble. Support the podcast by buying merchandise from these two places. Hey listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to Tee Public. You have a wonderful selection to choose from, like T-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies, baseball shirts, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, and even household goods. Not only does Tee Public sell clothes with the podcast logos on them, but they also sell stickers, phone cases, pins, magnets, notebooks, and more. Plus, Tee Public also holds sales constantly with $13 t-shirts and all of our items up to 35% off. What are you waiting for? Visit Sindaypod.com to find the direct link or search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast at tpublic.com. A portion of each sale helps out the podcaster and you spread the word of this podcast. TeePublic. Hey, listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to Redbubble. Do you like stickers? Sure you do. What about phone cases, travel mugs, pins, drawstring bags, and even wall clocks? You need to check out Redbubble.com. I myself have purchased stickers and a phone case from Redbubble, and they are great quality. What better way to show your support for this podcast by rocking a sticker on your laptop or rocking a brand new case with the podcast logo? There's a lot more to choose from at the Redbubble shop, such as greening cards, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, zipper pouches, backpacks, water bottles, and even phone and iPad cases. You can search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast on redbubble.com or find the direct shop link at cindypod.com. Red Bubble. It's now time to talk about the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League. GreatLakesLeague.org. It's .com. No, it's .org, like I said. Anyway, the Great Lakes League... You have a lot of local teams in the Cincinnati Dayton area, most of them in the South Division, and let's go ahead and jump into the standings of the Great Lakes for summer 2021. We start with the South Division, six teams in the south. Let off with the 15 and 8 Cincinnati Steam, followed by 14 and 9 Hamilton Joes, one game back. Two back are the Richmond Indiana Jazz at 13 and 10. Three back, 11 and 10, Ohio Bison. You might remember this team a few years back being called the Licking County Settlers. They changed their name, I think, right during COVID or right before COVID. One of the two. In fifth place in the South, three game losing streak and five and a half back of first, the nine and 13 Xenia Scouts. And in sixth place, the Ohio Marlins from Circleville. They're four and 16 and nine and a half back of first. We look at the North Division. There is a pair of local teams. We got the Lima Locos and the Grand Lake Mariners. I always want to say Great Lake, but it's Grand Lake in Salina. Sandusky Ice Haulers lead the North at 18-6. Three back in second place, the Jet Box Baseball Club. where They're one of few new teams to the Great Lakes. 12-10, the Royal Oak Leprechauns coming off a three-year stint at Irish Hills. And then you got the Lima Locos at 11 and 11, six back of first. Very surprising to see Lima not take charge of the North. Muskegon Clippers, they're 10 and 10. They're also six back. Fall by eight and a half back. The Michigan Monarchs, the eight and 14 Grand Lake Mariners, nine back of first and 10 and a half back. The Galleon Graders, six and 15. In case you don't know, the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League's offices are in Troy, Ohio, which is something I did not realize, and they've been going since 1987. Lima and Grand Lake are two of the oldest teams that are still active in the league. Tell you a little bit more about the return to 2021. Well, your playoffs will be scheduled for the week of July 26, so that is four weeks from now. Whereas the Prospect League, you play end of May, June, July, and the beginning of August. For the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League, you start in June and then normally end first week of August after the finals. So a little bit shorter of a season, and it goes by just like that. Only two months for Great Lakes, and maybe about three months in the Prospect League as well. So... Playoffs begin July 26th. This is a league that has an All-Star game. The Prospect League hasn't had one for a few years now. The All-Star game is scheduled Tuesday, July 20th at Prasco Park in Mason. I tell you, that's a beautiful setting there. Prasco Park. Told you about the story of it. It's in the middle of this industrial complex, so you never would have guessed, hey, there's a baseball field here, but it is nice. It's a very nice field. So the All-Star game will happen there and your two biggest rivalries of course you have hamilton and cincinnati and you got lima and grand lake cuz again those two are the oldest teams in the great lakes now to look at the stats for these teams your team leading in batting average this is still point streak providing the stats they do for the prospect league but it you know looks a little bit sharper I want average. There we go. S I H is who is that? Uh, that has to be Sandusky Ice Haulers. They got the best hitting average at 292. Followed by looks like the M S C. They'll go by initials, and I'm not entirely sure. Muskegon Clippers. Uh, I guess I can see that. Lima Locals are batting 282. So that's a good average. Michigan Monarchs 277 along with Cincinnati, 277, Hamilton, 268, Richmond, 267. There's a pretty big logjam between first and last in batting average. Then you have Galleon, 259, Grand Lake, 257. What is OM one more time? Oh, the Ohio Marlins, 253, Ohio Bison, 251, Xenia, 246, Royal Oak, 244, and jbb jetbox 236 jetbox is hitting 236 yet they're so close to first Hmm. interesting now let's look at the pitching in the era as soon as it loads hamilton joes have the best pitching staff by era 3.55 then your other local team cincinnati's fourth at 435 You have the Lima locals at 488. Xenia's 495. Then you have Richmond 521 heading towards the highest. Grand Lake 602. I feel like I missed a local team. Xenia, they're 495. I think I mentioned that. And Galleon's got the highest ERA, 8.51, which is about a run and a half more than what the Ohio Marlins give up. So... Yeah, the season blinks before you know it. It ends before you know it on a blink. And of course, the Great Lakes are without the Southern Ohio Copperheads. They're in Athens, Ohio. They've taken the past few years off thanks to the COVID-19 virus. And hopefully they'll be back for 2022. That'd be nice to see. And It looks like that will be happening unless things get worse. So yeah, Great Lakes, like I said. You got a lot of local teams, and it's a good ticket. Or just depending what part of the Miami Valley and Cincinnati you're from. Of course, the Steam. I think the Cincinnati Steam still play at Western Hills, but I'm not entirely sure. I do like the name Steam. It's a reference to the boats on the Ohio River. which Apparently, most of that is Kentucky, but eh, it's all right. I will say... The Steam are scheduled to battle the Hamilton Joes at Y'all's Ballpark. No longer UC Health Stadium. It's Y'all's Ballpark in Florence, Kentucky. And they got a broadcast for that 15th season for the Steam. Didn't realize they were that young, but there's a schedule there. Panther Complex, would that be Elder? Sure, let's say that's Elder. And in fact, last month, the Steam will be on the road Pretty much until the 22nd, 23rd, they'll host the Scouts and the Marlins at Y'all's Ballpark. That's Y'all's Ballpark, y'all. Panther Complex, it's in purple, so I assume that's Elder. And they play at the Reds Urban Youth Academy. Okay, so they moved a while back, but they've bounced around a little bit. They were at Max McCleary Field. Which is not pulling up anything. That's a good tab. Thanks for that. Hamilton Joes, they have Foundation Field in Hamilton, which has been part of this study seeing, hey, you know, Meyer League sports would be a good thing in Hamilton. They studied that and then they built Foundation Field. It's also where Miami University Hamilton's team plays, the Harriers. They're a pretty good ball club in Miami, Hamilton. Uh, Xenia they play at Athletes in Action that's a nice complex Richmond plays at the historic McBride Stadium love that place although it's still weird to see the press box being moved from the top of the roof uh, over the fans heads to where the fans sit and that's just because it wasn't safe to be up there anymore but I did like it it was a nice view you could see everything it was great Uh, Grand Lake they play at Montgomery Field in Salina that's also where Wright State Lake Campus plays baseball the Wright State Lake Campus Lakers. Um, Lima plays at Simmons Field up in Lima. Don't ask me where that is. I'm not too familiar with Lima, to be perfectly honest with you, but it's a good place, and Lima is very, very successful. And again, it's weird not seeing Lima closer to first than what they are. What was it, 6 back at 500? I don't know, just a little different. Uh, I mentioned Xenia. The team I really miss, the Dayton Docks, they were only... In existence for two years, a right state to name, you know, after doctors. Because I think there was a group of doctors that owned them, and then just after two years, no, that was it. I miss them. And you think Troy, Ohio would have a team because that's where the offices are, but I don't know. I mean, there's a pretty good ballpark where the Troy Trojans play. but You know, I often wonder, going to another subject, I often wonder if hare arena actually built that baseball park and there was you know there was people involved that were with the cleveland indians they already built a few major league parks before i wonder you know if that park was built would we see independent ball with the dragons play there and it'd be a huge success saving tropwood that'd be nice cuz i don't like seeing tropwood so you know down like that but it's happened although would the downtown revitalization happen? Probably not if the dragons didn't pick there, and maybe the dragons wouldn't be in Dayton still if they picked this side of Hera? I don't know. There's a lot of questions that I wonder, and I constantly think about that all the time. I love to see more summer collegiate teams build up, especially around the south because North is pretty packed in Michigan and you know Salina and lima which that's got to be a fun trip for michigan what would that be would that be two hours too i don't know just really depends where you're coming from uh there was a team in canada the great lakes past uh, few seasons that they played but you know that's kind of a trek as well so they're not there i mentioned in one of the takes not a big fan that there's two teams that call themselves ohio Considering you know Ohio's a pretty big place, got the Ohio Bison. They were known as the Licking Valley Settlers, Licking County Settlers. Then they changed their name to the Bison because there was an independent team long, long, long ago that played in Newark. They were called the Bison, and then there you have the Ohio Marlins out of Circleville. Again, Ohio's a big place. If you ask someone that didn't know about Great Lakes baseball, didn't know about the teams, you say, "Hey, pinpoint where you think." These two teams are. You know what I mean? I mean, I know Southern Ohio doesn't help either, but at least it's fairly accurate. You know? And also the interlocking SO is pretty cool, too. I like that logo. But that's the Great Lakes League. Again, playoffs are scheduled to start the 26th. All-Star games the 22nd at Prasco Park. Double check. No. Tuesday, July 20th at Prasco Park. I beg your pardon. Why did I think the 22nd? I don't know. But I did. It's the 20th. And the playoffs start that next week. So that's your look at Summer Collegiate League Ball. And that will do it. That will do it here on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. We could briefly talk about the Dayton Dragons. They are still in first place. They have a series going at the Lansing Lugnuts. And in fact, we'll give you a quick rundown real quick. The Cincinnati Reds, they got the San Diego Padres. And right now, it's... Padres are tough, and the Reds still have yet to win against San Diego. I mean, that's a stacked team. Uh, can they get out of the NL West? Well, maybe if San Francisco just falters completely, and maybe if um, Los Angeles Dodgers can't really pick it up. Dayton's coming in 28 and 21 on the year. That's seven games over 500, and that's also me withholding a burp. So I don't just blurt into the mic. Currently two and a half up on Lake County, a Cleveland Indians affiliate and the Dodgers affiliate. Great Lakes, 25, 23 are the captains, 26, 24 are the Loons. West Michigan, four back, 23, 24. Fort Wayne, five back, 23, 26. And Lansing's in last place, 23, 27, five and a half back. Whereas you look at the West, your second place team is six back. in Cedar Rapids. Again, this year, it's not doing the halves because I don't know what the playoff plan is. Again, there's 20 less games in the season. Not sure if that'll be fixed in 2022 where we reset things and actually start in April. I don't know. But, you know, Dayton Dragons are right there still in first. And, you know, every time I think that the Dragons are going to just fall off the map, they don't. They just replace. It's been, you know, it's been a great ride thus far. It's been you lose people to promotions, Graham Ashcraft, uh, the last, the last uh, dragon to get moved up to Chattanooga. Oh, what he did in his first start, he gave up five perfect innings, gave up a hit in the sixth, and took the uh, AA South Pitcher of the Week awards. He got he got the start right after coming into Chattanooga, too. That's impressive. That's just something that blows my mind. Just wow, that's impressive. So right now for the Reds in the NL Central, they're looking at eight back of first place Milwaukee, who have surged out 48 and thirty three. The Cubs are now six back, 42-39. You might heard that um, oh yeah, the Cubs, they had a seven-nothing lead after one, then fell by seven runs to the Brewers. Only the second team since 1900 to do that. Yeah, hate to see it. No, I don't. The Cardinals tied for third with the Reds. Cardinals are 40-41. Reds 39-40. Both eight back. And in fifth place in the Central, 29-50 are the Pirates, 18 back. Oh, by the way, some important news. Joey Votto, 1,000 career RBIs. It was a solo shot that put the Reds up 5-3 to last night. The Padres would come back, hit a grand slam off the Reds' bullpen, and would take it in six thanks to a wonderful rain delay that never ended. So yeah, Reds are struggling with the Padres, and Padres are a great team. I don't want to take anything away from San Diego. And I love watching Tatis just do his thing. That's going to be an electrifying player. Hopefully he avoids the injury bug, and hopefully he'll sign with the Reds one day. I doubt it, but, you know, that'd be cool. I saw you in Fort Wayne. You're now with the Reds. Hey, I mean, I did see Castellanos with the West Michigan Whitecaps in 2011. Now he's a Red, so, you know. I also saw Winker with the Dragons two years later after Castellanos. It's just neat working in minor league baseball because there's certain players that make it and then it's like, hey, I remember you. You were in the minors and you made it, you know? It's just neat. It's neat to see. And I wish more people would follow along the Dragons like that, follow along with the team, if you will. In case you are wondering in the West, Padres are two and a half back at first. Giants 50-29, Dodgers 49-31, one and a half back. And the Padres 49-33. They can clinch their 50th win tonight. Colorado, not in last place, which surprises me. 34-47, Arizona, 22-60, 29 and a half games back. Oof. The Pirates aren't even that bad. No, the Pirates have seven more wins than the Diamondbacks. Oof. Why do we have to play Arizona when they were still okay? Why couldn't we be playing with her down in the basement like this? Uh, It's just the luck of the schedule. So the last game of the series is tonight, seven ten Eastern Time. It will be Weathers going against Luis Castillo. Wait, Weathers? He's up in San Diego. Ryan Weathers? Wow. Didn't realize he made it to the majors. I thought he was still, you know, in the minor leagues. I saw him, I swear I saw him in 2019 with Fort Wayne, but that might not be correct. Although it looks like he's bounced around. Since uh, Blake Snell got scratched. So, Weathers gets the start. Pretty decent numbers. Three wins, two losses. 2.47 ERA. That's not bad. Ninth start tonight. Eight starts, 14 total appearances. A save. And 47 and a third. That's not bad. But, if the Reds want to win, they got to hit off Stormy Weathers' son. David Weathers' son. So... 2018, yeah, must have been 2019. 2018, 2019, we saw Weathers with Fort Wayne. So that's a little look. Actually, I know I said I signed off already, but Florence, Yalls. we haven't talked about independent ball. It's not that, you know, you don't want to. It's just time. And I know that's such a crap, you know, a crap thing. But check out y'alls, y'all. The next home game for the Y'alls will be July 6th against the Lake Erie Crushers for three, then at the Gateway Grizzlies for three. Do need to start talking more about the Y'alls. They're using the old logo of the Evansville Otters. Naughty, but that's okay. How can I check standings in the Frontier League? Probably go to Frontier League's website. huh? Help me, Internet. You're my only hope. I do love the color scheme and everything. You know, I I wasn't terribly crazy that, you know, because the Freedom's a unique name and it's, you know, American enough. But I really like how the Y'alls have embraced Florence, Kentucky. And it's a nice ticket, too. If you don't want to pay, you know, what the Reds charge and parking and everything, you know, you got options. You can go see a Dayton Dragons game. You can see a Florence Y'alls game. I tell you, you can see both, but probably not. The Yalls are in the West Division of the Frontier League. Again, independent ball. And currently sitting two back of first place Evansville. The Otters are 21-9 and the Yalls are 19-11. I think Florence started, what, 7-0 before the first loss? Something like that. The yalls are 3.5 up on third place Southern Illinois in the Miners, 16-15. And Gateway is 10-21. Normally this season lasts, uh, start May june july and i think through august so it's a it's a pretty big season for our independent ball and they're also coming off a one nothing win against florence that's impressive uh, yeah evansville they are florence we're talking about florence what am i talking about last night's game got pushed back and it's a doubleheader starting in about oh 40 minutes from evansville otters hosting the y'alls for a doubleheader And the season goes on until Sunday, September the 12th. Started May 27th, so about the same time as the Prospect League. But if you get a chance, go out to y'all's ballpark and catch the Florence y'alls. It's a good team. The ownership made sure they were staying in Florence. If I remember right, this is a team that moved from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, when I think they were the Johnstown Johnnies. And now they're in the Prospect League. It's crazy to think how many teams have had independent ball and decided, nah, go summer collegiate. Trying to look. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, I don't remember when they dropped the UC Health Stadium name or the champion window field name. You can see right off 71 and 75. So this team, this Florence Yalls team, they've won three Frontier League championships as different teams. In 1994, they were the Erie Sailors. In 1995, they were the Johnstown Steel and the Johnstown Johnnies in 2000. The franchise is currently tied with Rockford and the Riverhawks, the Schomburg Boomers and the River City Rascals, including their years in Zanesville, Ohio, for the most league championships, with each of those teams winning three. Florence came into town in 2003 from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, spent three years as the Steel, not named after the uh, Steel, but the swiping of the bag and the Johnnies because Johnstown, they're Johnnies. And they spent, what is that, five seasons as the Johnnies before moving to Florence. They've been in here since 2003. So we're coming up on 20 years of independent ball right by Cincinnati and Florence. So that's that's very impressive. And I, I dig that a lot. So no championship yet for Florence. Although they were close. They trip they made, they fell to River City before they folded. Which would have been 2019. There was no season last year. Yeah, this this is a team that's been very competitive the past few years. So again, go out and see your Florence Yalls. And that will do it. That is baseball around the Cincinnati Dayton area. We talked a little Reds, talked a little Dragons, talked a little Yalls, and talked a lot more of summer collegiate ball. Again, if you can't come out to Carlton-Davidson Stadium, you can purchase a ticket to watch my stream on Prospect League TV, it's $7.99, or if you want a season, it's 95 or if you want the whole kit and caboodle where you can watch everything, it's 125 a season, so... Whereas the 799 and the 95 only go to one team and you pick the Kings or the Paints or whatever team you want to catch. But there you go. This is Lee W. Mallon signing off on this surprise episode. I'm just as surprised as you that I actually got time to record it next time. Well, more local sports. That's why I can promise you. And hopefully I'll have time because I'm looking at my schedule again and ugh, I'm not in Dayton, I'm in Springfield. If I'm not in Springfield, I'm in Dayton. But that's okay. I enjoy the broadcasting ride. Talk to you next time on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And this has been episode 216. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark sindaypod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and TeePublic shops there, too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at CindyPod and the Lead W. Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W. Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time.